Lord readings, first of all in the prophecy of Isaiah and reading in chapter 57. Isaiah chapter 57 and reading at verse 15. For thus saith the High and Lofty One that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is Holy. The Gospel of Luke, and in chapter 23, Luke chapter 23 verse 33 And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary there they crucified him and the malefactors one on the right hand and the other on the left And a final reading in 1 Corinthians 1 Corinthians and chapter 16 1 Corinthians 16 and reading verse 22 If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ let him be anathema maranatha That will suffice for our reading and we know that God will add his blessing to the further reading of his own good word along with what you've already heard. I would like this evening, as the Lord would give help to draw your attention to three particular words that we have read of that are only found once in our Bible. In Isaiah chapter 57, we have read of eternity. Only once do we get that word in our Bible. And yet it is stamped upon every page of this book. Eternity. I've read in Luke chapter 23 of another word. It is the word Calvary. What a place is Calvary. And I've read another word that's only once in our Bible. In 1 Corinthians 16. It is the word Maranatha. You say what does that mean? The Lord cometh. Eternity. Where? Calvary why Maranatha when when will he come he could come at any moment I trust that everyone in this room are ready for that great momentous event it is the next great event in heaven's divine calendar the coming again to the air of the Lord Jesus for his own. Eternity. You know there are two things that men cannot fathom. One is the vastness of space with all their mighty 
telescopes. They have to acknowledge there is a vastness out there they cannot plumb, they cannot fathom. But another thing that men cannot fathom is the vastness of eternity. Everyone in this room, we are bound for eternity. But I ask you in this meeting, eternity where? Where will you be in the never-ending ages of the world to come? Only two places on the other side. The Lord Jesus, the Prince of Preachers. He spoke about them both. In John chapter 14, with his own around him, he told them something of the glories of heaven. Told them about his father's house. Told them about the many mansions. Told them about the, about the place he was about to prepare for them. You know, one of the men asked him a question. It was a good question. They said, Lord, how can we know the way? It's all right telling us about the glories of heaven and the marvel of it all. How can we know the way? Oh, what a message. What an answer he got. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Haven't you heard clearly tonight the only way to heaven? Oh, what a message you've listened to. Many would love to hear it tonight that have never heard it before. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But you know the one that spoke about heaven? He preached tenderly about hell. He spoke about a place of outer darkness. About a place where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Luke chapter 16. As it were, the Lord Jesus pulled the curtain aside. And give you and I a glimpse into the other side of the journey of life. Told about a man by the name of Lazarus. He had little in life, but he had the big thing. He had dealings with God in life. His name means, God is my helper. He had dealings with God in life. And what an exodus from the world. Carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The place of eternal rest. But he spoke about another man. He just referred to him as a rich man. He said the rich man also died. And was buried. And then said the Savior. In hell. Mind you hell's a reality. Just as heaven's real. Let me assure everyone in this meeting. So hell is real. In hell. He lifted up his eyes. In torment. And his cry was this, I am tormented in this flame. I want you to understand tonight. That torment has nothing to do with the body. Torture has to do with the body. Torment has all to do with the mind. I noticed when I looked up the word, 
It is only Luke the doctor that uses it in the New Testament. And the first time he used it was in chapter 2 of his gospel. Give the account of Mary and Joseph taking the Lord Jesus as a boy of twelve up to the Passover at Jerusalem. And when the days were fulfilled, Mary and Joseph, they're making their way home. Supposing Christ was in the company. What a supposition. Could I be addressing someone tonight and you're just supposing Christ is with you? Mind you, at the end of one day, they came to understand this is just a supposition. There is no reality to this. I tell you, they didn't go on another day like that. Oh, the folly of going through life without the Saviour. They turned right about in the road. And they never stopped seeking him until they found him. And when they found him in the temple in Jerusalem, his mother said to him, Thy father and I have sought thee, this is the word, sorrowing. We sought you tormented. What caused the torment? They missed Christ for a few days. Could I say to you kindly tonight in this meeting? Oh to understand what hell would be like. To understand I have missed him. Not only for a day or two. Not only for a year or two. But I have missed him. Without the possibility of ever finding him. My dear friend, this is real. It is your soul that's at stake. Eternity we all have to face. I ask you tonight in love to your soul. Which is it going to be? The bliss of heaven. The glories of heaven. Or is it going to be hell? And finally as you've heard solemnly. The lake of fire. Forever. Eternity. Where? But I want to speak to you about Calvary. You know all because of Calvary. You can leave this meeting tonight absolutely clear. I'm going to spend eternity with Christ in heaven. What a place is Calvary. What a place it was for the Lord Jesus. You know for him it was a place of agony. I was reading today meditating upon Matthew 27. And I read in that chapter they stripped him. We thought this morning of God clothing our first parents. They who had sinned against him he clothed them. But imagine the creator of the world. The one who brought worlds into existence. One day stood unclothed by the very creatures of his hands. They stripped him. 
I read they spat upon him. Imagine the foul, dirty spittle of man running down that lovely face. They scourged him. They spiked him to the cross. Let me assure you tonight, you've been hearing about the love of God. I want to say tonight, the word of the love of God reached its high water mark at the cross. You can never ever for one moment doubt the love of God to you. When you think of the length that he has went in parting with his lovely son, the darling of his heart, allowing him to be nailed to that cross. And in those hours upon the cross, meeting out to him what you and I deserve to bear eternally. He bore on the tree, I can say, the sentence for me. What a sentence. My sins deserved eternal death. But, oh what a but there is in the gospel. But Jesus died for me. I tell you what a work. What a work was the work of Calvary. Oh not only was it a place of agony. I want to say it was a place of abandonment. God left his son alone. The Lord Jesus experienced at the cross. Something he never experienced in all the years he was here in this world. For the first time in his life. He prayed to his God. And there was no answer coming back. Oh what a cry. Seven times the Lord Jesus spoke at the cross. I think of the center cry. I think more than the center cry. I think of the center word. My God, my God, why? Why didst thou forsake me? Why did God leave his son alone and abandon him at the cross? Let me assure you, it was because of our sin. Sin had to be dealt with. Sin had to be punished. You've heard already tonight those lovely words of Isaiah 53 and 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to our own way. Ah, listen to this. And the Lord have laid on him. The holy God of heaven. Laid upon his perfect son. Who never sinned once and who could never sin. God laid upon him. The iniquity. That was all. What a mighty provision was made. But you know Calvary was more than just a place of agony. And a place of abandonment. Could I say tonight it was also a place of accomplishment. The greatest accomplishment that has ever happened. It happened at Calvary. It's the greatest work of the ages you know. Because there the Saviour bowed his head on the cross. He cried with a note of triumph. And what a triumph it was. Finished. The death settled. 
It's pale and full. You know that word is really the word of the artist. When he's put his last stroke on the canvas. Stands back in admiration. It's finished. Uh -uh. Another brush stroke would spoil it all. Let me tell you tonight, the work of Calvary is a finished work. If you're going to be in heaven, it'll not be the work of Christ plus. It will be the work of Christ and the work of Christ alone. The hymn writer said, I seek no other argument. I want no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died. And that he died for me. It was through that lovely text, John 19 and 30, that I came into the knowledge of Christ as Saviour. I had been trying for a few weeks, thinking about getting saved, wondering what I could do, thinking about believing and coming and trusting. But that Sunday evening, just in my own bedroom, coming home from a Sunday night gospel meeting, I was reading down John chapter 19 I came to those lovely words of verse 30 when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar he said it is finished he bowed his head and gave up the ghost I thought to myself what is finished all the sufferings that the saviour had to endure was finished I thought in my simple little way is that enough Is that enough to satisfy the God of heaven? Is God satisfied with what his son has accomplished on the cross? I came to understand everything that the Savior accomplished. God is satisfied with it. I thought to myself, well if that work has satisfied the God of heaven. Satisfied every requirement of his throne. Then surely that very work could meet the need of a sinner like me you ask me tonight what am I depending on for heaven I'm depending 100% on the great accomplishment of the Saviour what were we singing it is finished yes indeed finished every joint sinner this is all you need tell me is it not I wonder tonight is there one or maybe more than one Understanding your guilt, that whosoever of guilt, understanding tonight that great whosoever of grace, that you would simply rest on Christ tonight, rest upon that great accomplishment upon the cross, rest upon the work of Christ at Calvary, and be ready for the next great event. Christ is coming. Mind you, his coming is sure. The very last promise the Lord Jesus gives us is this. Surely, without a doubt, I come quickly. His coming is sure. His coming will be sudden. I think of those solemn words of Matthew 25. 
of those five foolish ones. I read these words. While they went to buy. The bridegroom came. In other words. The Lord Jesus was saying. There will be people thinking about getting ready. Maybe I'm addressing someone like that tonight. You intend to be ready. As we bring this meeting to a close. You're thinking about getting ready. Dear friend. I say to you kindly. That's not enough. While they went to buy. The bridegroom came. They that were ready. Went in with him to the marriage. And. The door. Was shut. Never to open again. Tell me what will you do without him. When he has shut the door. When you are left outside because you wouldn't come before. When then there is no use of knocking. No use to stand and wait. And the word of doom toils through your heart. That terrible. Too late. Let me say as I close. You need not be without him. For he is passing by. He is waiting to be gracious. Only waiting for your cry. He's waiting to receive you. To make you all his own. Then why would you do without him? And wander on alone. I leave that question with you. In light of the love of God. In light of Calvary. In light of that great white throne judgment. Mind you that will be a solemn business. In light of all those things. Why would you do without him? And wonder on alone.